Welcome to the Good Dog Pod. Every Wednesday, we discuss all things dogs, from health and veterinary care to training and behavior science. Follow us and join Good Dog's mission to build a better world for our dogs and the people who love them. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Good Dog Pod. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. I am Nicole, your breeder community lead here at Good Dog, and I am so excited to be joined today by Megan Parati TG, who is really a dog person in every sense of the word. She is a renowned dog handler, breeder, president of the Abuse and Hound Club of the United States, and is doing incredible work over at Showsite Magazine in addition to all of that. So before I pass things over to her to tell us more about herself, we're going to be talking about the wonderful world of dog shows. For any listeners that are new here, I just want to say welcome. We are so happy to have you here. Good Dog is on a mission to build a better world for our dogs and the people who love them by advocating for dog breeders, educating the public, and promoting canine health and responsible dog ownership. We're a secure and free online community created just for dog breeders, and we're committed to empowering dog breeders with technology. If you aren't yet a member of our community, we invite you to learn more about our mission and apply to join at gooddog.com join. So to kick things off, I'll pass things over to you, Megan, to briefly introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about your super extensive background with dogs. Well, thank you, Nicole, and thank you for having me. It's really a pleasure to be here today speaking with you. Yes, my name is Megan Paraditiji. I live in North Carolina with my family and our dogs, and I'm currently serving as the president of the Ibis and Hound Club of the U.S., as you mentioned, Nicole. I am also the AKC Gazette columnist for my breed club, and I work as the customer relationship manager specifically for Showsite Magazine. I've been involved in my breed since about 1994, and prior to that, though, I was raised in and around dog shows my whole life, and my education prior to my dog world job, I guess, specifically was uh, psychology and behavior management, and I guess that probably still serves me well. (laughs) And how did you get started specifically in the dog show world? Because I know when we spoke earlier, you mentioned that it's been pretty much since before you were born. So what are some of your earliest memories being in the dog show world? I really did start my involvement with dog shows at a very, very young age. In fact, there are absolutely wind photos of my pregnant mother floating around somewhere, I am sure. So I was in wind photos kind of in utero. I think probably my earliest memories, honestly, were in the whelping box with a litter of golden retrievers, you know, that my mom would raise. And I can tell you there isn't much better of a way to grow up than alongside a litter or two of golden retriever puppies. So, yeah. I can't imagine a better way to grow up. That sounds amazing. (laughs) It was was great. (laughs) And getting started in the actual ring, how old were you when that started happening? I was always taking dogs, quote, back in for people. So I was more of like the assistant, so to speak, in the dog show world. We have a different term for that. But I was assisting often and helping with grooming and bathing and all of those kinds of things. I didn't really get into exhibiting my own dogs until I was a teenager or a little later than that, actually. That's awesome. And I'm sure I know the answer to this already, but for our listeners, was there a particular dog group that you found yourself gravitating towards, whether it was toy or hunting? And 
to follow up to that question, how did you come to have such a strong relationship with the bees and hound? Because I know you really have such a love for that breed. Yeah, I sure do. Well, I mean, I started out as a child working primarily with sporting breeds, specifically retrievers. And they're just generally a wonderful group of dogs. You know, they're very biddable. This was great as a child, but I and my mother both actually kind of started to lean towards and gravitate more towards sighthounds. And as I kind of did more research, I sort of found an appreciation for the breed. And my first Ibizan was introduced to that actually came home with me. I would describe him as hilarious, naughty, and energetic. So they are just a really fun breed, but I can tell you that they are not necessarily, I would say, for everyone. You have to have a sense of humor to have an Ibizan hound, for sure. Do they get into like a lot of mischief, would you say? They do, and they're rather unapologetic about it. So they're not so much sorry they did it. They're sort of sorry that they got caught. And <laughs> I would say that that generally is... A trend in the breed, for sure, but something that those of us who have them could never live without. They are their own people, so to speak, and they want you to understand them as well. They want to have a real actual, like a two-way relationship with you. And it's really, honestly, one of the most gratifying things about this breed. It sounds really special. It sounds like they do a good job of keeping you on your toes also, which is not (laughs) a bad thing in a breed. No, not at all. (laughs) They're great. And how did that lead you to eventually starting your own kennel and also becoming president of the national club, which is, I can imagine, so exciting? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that was a long road, certainly. But I got my first Ibizan in 1994. And I had just an Ibizan hound and I was peripherally involved in dog shows and things like that for almost 11 years. And after I lost my first Ibizan, I really wanted to become more involved in every aspect. And so, you know, in order for you to kind of start the process of, you know, a breeding program, you really do need to think about a kennel name. And that sort of gives kind of information to your peers and to the community. You're saying, hey, I'm planning to do this for the long haul. So, you know, developing a kennel name is kind of an important thing. And it also, for people who don't know, a kennel name also makes your dog distinguishable when you're looking at a pedigree or when you're looking at a catalog at a dog show. So that's when, yeah, Heron and Hound was formed from that. And, you know, at that time I was newly married and I was becoming much more active in the fancy and in the club. And as I made connections and I started really volunteering to help with just various different needs, you know, I served on several specialty committees and I kind of worked my way up. I volunteered to help with our newsletter, which is called The Third Eye. And I did that for many, many years. And then when that editor could no longer do it anymore, there was no one else. So I was like, well, okay, I guess I'll do that. I'll figure this out. So I did. And I continued to kind of work with that. And election time came around and I thought, well, maybe I can do more. So I kind of threw my name in the hat and I did what was called a From the Floor nomination. And I won a seat on the board of directors. And I can tell you, no one was as shocked as I was that that happened. (laughs) And so, (laughs) so yeah, I have served in various different positions on the board. And as often happens in breed clubs, board members need to shift positions depending on like kind of where they're needed. 
And so eventually I was needed and asked to serve as the president of the club. And so here I am. (laughs) That's so awesome. I mean, it sounds like you really are the definition of working your way up to the top. And I always speak to breeders, especially who are newer to breeding. And they always ask me, how can I get involved with my breed more? And I always say that clubs are such a good way to start. And even volunteering for what you think might be the smallest thing can really set you on such a path to leadership and success within your breed. So it's amazing that you were able to find that for yourself. And it's just easy to see how much you care about your breed specifically from everything you just shared. Bringing things back to the dog show a little bit more into that world, can you think back to some of your favorite moments that you've had in the ring at specific shows? Did you have any favorites to attend every year that you look forward to? Oh, gosh. So I would say a memory that will stick with me forever was winning my national specialty with my breeder owner handled dog. And I very much ugly cried. (laughs) Yeah, it was. And there are photos of that, too, floating around somewhere. You have to document Uh, everything, you know? (laughs) Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, (laughs) the ugly crying for sure. I would say my second favorite memory, while not a confirmation memory, was a performance memory. And that would be my foundation dog. Her name is Tara, winning a best of breed at the NLCC. And if you don't know what that is, that is the AKC's National Lure Coursing Championship. Wow. Watching this dog run was just pure joy. And that's something that I will carry with me forever as well. And I guess maybe the third thing that I really enjoy and I get to do this often is to watch the people that are my friends and the people that I mentor win with their dogs. I love mentoring and helping people achieve their goals. And so whenever they win, I win too. So it's really great. (laughs) That's so awesome. And obviously you've been around the block with these dog shows and you've been in them for quite an amount of time. How do you calm your pre-show nerves? Do you think you still get nervous or is that something that doesn't even phase you anymore? Or does that not go away no matter how many years you do dog shows? Oh boy. Yeah. So I'm a nervous person, even now, still doing this. I don't not get nervous. And I tell my people this too. I get brave. So you just do it anyway. You're nervous, but you do it anyway. And the thing that I try to focus on the most, I think, whether it's Westminster or it's my little dog show, you know, my little local dog show, I am paying my entry fee for the judge, one judge's opinion for roughly three to five minutes on one day. So I try to keep that in perspective. And when I go into the ring, I'm thinking more about my dog and our performance together and how we do in the ring. And I focus on that and I try to quiet everything else because it's really about the relationship that you have with your dog and doing the best you can with the dog that's on the end of your leash. So I try to keep that in mind and that that does help. (laughs) Right. I can imagine also that every show is so different. The circumstances leading up to it is so different. yeah. Yeah. So I imagine there are a lot of variables every time you perform that are sometimes just so out of your control. So (laughs) I'm good to keep it in mind, I'm guessing. Oh, yes. Yes. I had a dog. Again, my dog who won the national specialty once we were going doing an around in a particularly small ring and he jumped out of the ring and then he jumped back in and then we kept going around. So you just kind of have to go with that. <laughs> right. It's a lot about rolling with the punches and just uh-huh. being sure a cool, calm and collected demeanor. That, <laughs> yeah, I definitely get that. 
Um, so you mentioned mentoring a few people and you've had obviously so many others in your life, especially like your mom, who were involved in the dog show world and just involved in the dog world in general. I was wondering if you could speak more about the mentors that you feel like you've had along the way and some of the most valuable things that they taught you. Oh, gosh, yes. I think mentoring is probably one of the most, if not the most important thing that we need to do as people who are in dog shows. Yes, my mom was definitely my first mentor, and she still is in many ways. I realized that not everybody has <laughs> has a show family that you know they grow up quite literally in. So I have had several mentors in the breed, and I am grateful for all of them, and they taught me a lot. But I've also had And I'd like to make the distinction between a breed mentor and a dog show mentor. And a dog show mentor is and could be, you know, someone who just shows dogs, maybe not a breed that you're interested in, but can still help you kind of get going. And so I've had both. And I think that they are both so, so important. And I think that probably the thing that my breed mentors have taught me that really has stuck with me is just how important it is to be open in your communication with other breeders in terms of things like health, temperament, confirmation. I think that we can do so much when we work together and information is so powerful and so important when we're making those really important breeding decisions for the future of our breeds. So I think open communication is a big, big one for me. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And for anyone newer that's listening to this, do you have any advice about how to go about finding a mentor, whether it's a breed specific one, whether it's for dog shows? Do you have any first steps that someone can take? Yeah. So what I would say is there are a lot of communities out there, whether it be your local all breed club, your national breed club, or even some of your, you know, social media groups where you can get connected. You can say, Hey, I'm looking for a mentor. I'm looking for what I like to call a dog show family, you know, a group of people. They don't even have to be of the same breed, but you know, you're all kind of maybe local, or even if you're not local, you can support each other. You can bounce ideas off each other. You can say, Hey, I had this amazing experience or Hey, I had this frustrating experience. And then you know that you're going to get that honest and supportive kind of feedback to help you grow in your dog show journey. And I do think that that's so, so important, but there are so many resources out there. And I would say, Hey, come sit next to me too. I mean, I love doing it. So (laughs) that's awesome. All right, everyone, you are listening to the good dog pod. We'll be right back. Good Dogs Breeding Foundations course provides expert advice on pedigrees, genetics, contracts, and everything else you need to set your breeding program up for success. This course usually costs $245, but you can access it for free when you join Good Dog today. Click the link in the show notes to learn more. Speaking of community, I feel like this is such a good segue to what you do at ShowSite because ShowSite is really curating a community for people in the dog show world. So can you talk a little bit about how you got your job at show site, what made you want to move over there and really try that other area of the dog world that you hadn't been in yet. And a little bit about your work. And also as a follow-up to that, I know obviously your years of experience in the show ring have added some kind of unique perspective to your job. So if you could talk a little bit to our listeners about that, that would be amazing. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. So 
you know, as I mentioned before, I worked as the editor of my national breed clubs magazine, quarterly magazine, and it was kind of a one woman show. And so I learned a heck of a lot about all aspects of, you know, this process. And granted, it was on a much smaller scale, but I had a little bit of background that kind of helped me to feel my way through that. And so when ShowSite said, hey, we're looking for someone who kind of has your familiarity and then also your passion or your background, I was like, hmm, well, what's the worst that could happen here? (laughs) So, you know, in talking during the hiring process, it was like, well, hey, I know these people. And I like to say, I am an end user of the products that I market. So I am a breeder, owner, handler. I show dogs. I advertise dogs. So my specific job here at ShowSite is actually, my title is Customer Relationship Manager. And that is a big source of pride for me because I'm here to assist clients who are my peers, who I see at shows and in the ring. I see them with all aspects of constructing an effective ad campaign strategy. Okay. So this is something that I love doing. I do personally myself, you know, so I'm able to really see the kind of the whole picture in terms of like what the clients want and need to try to get the most out of their ads and out of their experience. And I think ShowSite does a really great job at fostering new community involvement and really having great conversations that are so relevant to people wanting to get involved, breeders, further education, like they're hitting all these points. So I think that it's really important that when you have such a powerhouse of information that ShowSite does have, that then you have people like myself who can help clients get the most out of everything that we have to offer. Yeah, it's so cool because hearing you describe I mean, not only just this role, but everything in your life that's like kind of led you up to this. It feels very full circle to me just listening to you. So I think it's just so awesome how everything that you're saying ties together to like this bigger picture. And you're this jack of all trades dog show expert. It's the coolest. Something that we really work to do, I think, at Good Dog and that's really important to us is to clear up public misconceptions about breeders, especially, and the entire dog world. So I always love to ask our guests this question based on what topic they're joining us to talk about. So for you, I'm curious what your thoughts are on, is there anything you wish the public understood more about dog shows that you think they don't currently understand or appreciate? Sure. Yeah, that's a great question. So I believe that Purebred, well-bred dogs give a person the best chance at having a dog with a predictable set of characteristics alongside any known health concerns. The fact is that most breeders have generations of health testing, temperament testing, and titles behind each and every puppy that leaves their home. I think that well-bred, purebred dogs do make the best pets. And I think that Pat Trotter, actually, who was last year's Westminster Best in Show Judge, said it best when she said, every pet may not be a show dog, but be assured, every show dog is a pet. And that's the goal for every one of us when a dog leaves our home. We want that puppy to live a long, healthy, happy life as a pet first with you. I think that was so well said. I remember actually listening to Pat say that and I could not agree more. So 
I hope people listening to this do get something new out of hearing from you. And I really do hope that's it. What advice would you give someone, especially a younger person who'd like to get started in the dog show world? What are some different areas they can get involved in that they can start to take advantage of from a young age that can really like set them up for success? Well, I think that there is a place for you no matter your age and no matter your skill set in the dog show world. I think the first step is find a mentor. Absolutely. I know we've said that before, but find a mentor, whether it be a dog show mentor, a junior who's aged out. If you're interested in juniors, oh, the juniors are some of our best unsung heroes, I will tell you. Junior handlers are some of the future of our dog sport. And I tell you, if you have a young child who wants to get involved in that, there are so many resources contacting your national breed club or your local club, your local all breed club. They will have resources too to get your child involved or you. I mean, whether you are starting your journey or you're switching breeds and you need to find a connection, there are resources for you for sure. I would say, yeah, find a mentor get involved, and then volunteer. As I think, Nicole, you said before, it doesn't matter how small a job it is. Mm -hmm. Volunteering and getting involved is just the best way to make those connections, to learn things, and to kind of grow. And you will develop such great and gratifying relationships by just kind of stepping outside your comfort zone just a tiny bit and, you know, getting involved in helping make this sport better and bigger and more wonderful. So, yeah, speaking from my personal experience, before I started at Good Dog, I only had a very surface level understanding of dog shows. I loved watching them when they were, I think, broadcast on like Thanksgiving Day. And I always had like the best time seeing the different breeds. But it wasn't until I started at Good Dog where I actually was lucky enough to get to go to a few shows last year. And I have a few this summer. And I remember seeing like even something as behind the scenes as like the grooming area and not knowing all of the things that went into just even getting the dogs ready to walk out in the ring. So I feel like the behind the scenes is such a cool way to get involved and really understand it and just the dog show world from the back end. So I think it's fascinating. And just from personal experience, I feel like it helped me learn a lot about what breeders do, what handlers do. So. I think that's a perfect way for people to get involved. How do you think the dog show world has changed in the years since you started, if it has at all? I think we've touched on this, but I think we are seeing a lot of new people and a lot of interest. And that's really, really exciting. But it is also why those of us who are here need to continue to develop support systems for those new people. We definitely really need to do that to just keep going the right direction. And the other thing I'm seeing a lot more of is advanced technology, genetic testing, things that are so important to help us make good decisions as breeders. So I like that a lot, too. I do, too. Those are things we like to hear at Good Dog. (laughs) (laughs) And then for my last question that I have for you, another one that I really like to ask all of our guests, because everyone brings a new perspective to this question. What do you hope for? for the future of dog shows and the future of dogs in general? Is there anything that you're really hoping that we can work together to achieve in the next five years, 10 years, 50? Oh, wow. Well, I mean, 
we are growing. So I would love to see people continue to get involved in their breed and local clubs, because trust me, we need you. Many hands, you know, they make light work. And chances are your small local club or your all breed club could use you somewhere. And if we all value this, then we need to take responsibility in making sure that it's still here for us and for everyone who comes after us. So I think in the future, I just want to make sure that I'm doing my part to make sure that people that replace me do a good job. So I think that's so, so, so important. And the other thing that I would like to just say about kind of the future is we also need to safeguard our breeders and our breeding practices because many regulations aimed and well-aimed at ending animal cruelty are actually inhibiting responsible and ethical dog breeding as well. And I would hate to see a day when a purebred, well-bred dog is no more. I couldn't agree more. And I think that's a great note to end on that there's so much hope for the future of dogs, especially if we all work together to make sure we're supporting responsible breeders, breeders who are doing all the testing possible for their dogs. And you're correct. There's so many people out there that really care about the future of all dogs. And it's great that I think we're all really starting to come together over this common goal. I couldn't think of a better way to end things for today's episode. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. This has been amazing. I think our listeners have learned so much from you and your really unique experience with the dog world, but specifically the dog show world. So I can't thank you enough for being here. Thank you for having me, Nicole. It has been absolutely wonderful. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of The Good Dog Pod. We're so happy we could have Megan join us and share her incredible experiences with us as well as help us understand the ins and outs of the dog show world. Thank you again for joining, and we'll see you back here next week for our next episode. 